Hello, hello, hello. We are back. It's the IGR podcast. It's been quite a while. It's been quite a while, not going to lie. A lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, uh, there's been deaths, there's been ups, there's been downs, there's been uh, moving um, from Connecticut to the city. Um, it's a lot happening, but I'm excited. Um, I just want to always thank God because that's my number one with through him, everything's possible. So amen. Um, I want to thank Guhan from, for the beat, the intro beat off top. Uh, Luan still does some stuff for us. Um, Vision Apparel, they're also always great and phenomenal. Um, but here, now, we have two people. Salman Ali, Syed Mahmood. And always, guys, correct me if I'm mispronouncing your names, but... Thank you guys for joining us. Um, I want, I want to, I led with a lot of ambiguity because I want you guys to fill in a lot for the listeners. Um, I want you guys to really just be here, be yourselves. Um, a little bit about them is they have their own podcast. Um, and I was actually on theirs about the two time zones podcast because, um, Syed is in Pakistan and Salman is in uh, Chicago. So two time zones makes sense. Um, and I was on theirs and they had me on and it was great. You know, this is uh, a bit quicker. Uh, mine's a bit longer, but it was super fun. We talked about a lot of stuff, but what's up guys. Yeah. Let me jump in and start off with something Saad won't do. His name is Saad. It's, it's pronounced that way. Um, I, I don't Saad, want him to okay. like feel bad, like a day from now for not saying that. So Saad, you're welcome. But yeah, it was, dude, it was honestly super fun having you on the podcast. And I'm, I know me and Saul are both really excited to be on the other end of things, to get interviewed, to not have to worry about, you know, always having questions ready. Right you know, I know you're a professional yeah, bro. person. The weight has been lifted. The weight has been lifted. It's so, it feels good, buddy. Like, like, like literally, it's, it's, I, I want to see how this goes. I'm super excited. I am, I'm genuinely excited to see what you have in store for us. Awesome, awesome. I mean, so I'm just going to dive right into it. Like what, um, just into the podcast stuff, what made you guys want to like make your own podcast? I think both of us have our own reasons. Um, so personally, it was COVID, you know, the world shut down. My campus went online. A lot of my friends moved out and I just love talking to people. I love meeting people and I wasn't doing that anymore. And I was complaining to Saad about it when, as a joke, he was like, hey, why don't we start a podcast? And I was like, yes, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And we did it. And ever since we started that podcast, every week, every week we met two to three new people that we haven't known before. And we've gotten to bond with them, learn about their lives. And it's just been such a great overall experience. Yeah. Love it, love it. Yeah. How about for me? Both you, Saad? For me, for me, dude, the reasons are, you know, more or less the same, but I have my own personal reasons. Um, I have I have another YouTube channel where I vlog, where I used to just go out and I used to vlog cars, my life, my lifestyle, um, generally my what I used to do, the things I used to get to on a day-to-day basis. But COVID happened, I was like locked inside my house and I was like, okay, there, I cannot be just sitting here stagnant for the next five to six months and do nothing. I need to, I need to do something productive. And there's a saying that, out of every crisis, there's massive opportunity born amongst, in, like, you know, in, a, in any crisis, right? No matter what crisis there is, there's always something that is new that's going to be happening. Like, you know, people are going to be adapting, mm-hmm. people are going to be changing. And, and COVID is more or less one of our generation's biggest crisis because it's not only an economic crisis, it's also a health crisis, it's also a lifestyle crisis where people could not leave their own houses. Um, so, uh, you know how generally economies are cyclical. Economies are doing good, right. they do bad, they do good, they do, good, they, they do bad. Uh, but with COVID, nobody expected, it's a black swan, as they say. Um, nobody expected this to happen. Nobody expected a health, a health-related fucking virus just, you know, putting people in their houses. So Mr. Samai and I had to adapt. I had to come up with content because I'm, I'm a content junkie. I consume a lot of content and I also wanted to create something. So with that, I wanted to create a, create a platform where I could network with as many like-minded and positive people on the planet who are doing great things who could you know in the future we could all help each other and grow and and just generally help out you know whatever is happening and through that we met you and now we're you can 
come on our podcast now we're on your podcast so we're exchanging value bro and if, and if we had not done that we would have never crossed paths we would have never met and this would not be happening right now yeah i think that that's one of the major things even like you know you can look at the numbers look at your stats however your podcast is doing whatever the most important thing is the value you get from having a conversation with someone who you maybe not would have had before or, you know, that you didn't even know like, Oh, wow, you really did that. Or, you know, like, well, you had that life experience. Like you have so much more empathy or you have, you know what I mean? You can connect with them. Like there's so many different things that can come about from just simply talking and speaking with someone for whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's 40 minutes, whether, you know, it's three hours. Um, there's so much value in that. And like, I love the fact that everyone is interesting in their own way. Um, you know, cause at least at, well, at the very least, if yeah. you have some sort of, and, well, it's even better when you have, you know, perspective um, behind that. So um, I think that's great. I, again, there's room in this for everybody. So I always tell someone like, hey, man, start a podcast. Just get your thoughts and ideas out there. You know, just talk to other people. Um, it really, really helps because I think it's an art form at the same time, right? Like you're learning, you're practicing how to speak, how to hold the conversation, how to do it for 20 minutes, how to do it for 40 minutes um, and stay engaged and intrigued because you have to mentally be here. Right. You have to stay focused. It's, you can't just be on your phone, you know, and then someone asks you a question because, you know, one, you yeah. look like an asshole. And the other part is, yeah. you know, people are watching it. So um, it's just yeah. super important. But you also um, look, Go ahead. You also learn how to lead. When you, when, you show, when you have your own show, you also learn how to lead. And leading is one of the most important uh, social occurrences that a person can possess because being a leader in today's day and age is not only harder than ever it's also more important than ever in today's day and age to you know just lead a For crowd sure. of people towards a similar vision so you also learn how to do that through a podcast so Salman do you do you um find any value in sort of any any social value in having a podcast or having a platform oh for sure I, I'll be honest I could not care less about who's watching or the views I do want to make sure that they're having a good time because that's that's like a way of respecting the people who take out the time to be on this podcast. But for me, I'm just here to meet new people, to network with them, to learn about new new industries, new things that people are involved with, to hear about culture, travel, about people's goals, about the things they're passionate about. It is 100% social at its core for me. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there, I mean, and this question's for either of you guys. Is there one podcast or person that we're, where you're like, okay, I really fucked that up. I could have done way better. Oh, definitely. But definitely. Oh yeah. yeah for sure. episode for me. I could always, <laughs> the, the way, the way, the way I look at my, the way I look at our episodes is that there's always something that I can always improve, whether it be camera angles, camera quality, I shouldn't have interrupted that guy because that's one of my inherent habits. I love to pitch in my own ideas. However, I also need to learn that other people have their own views. So I need to give them time to, you know, um, say something and then I can and then I can come in and instead of, you know, interrupting them and, you know, cutting them off and all that. So it's like a learning process, dude. Like there's not, I'm, I'll never be perfect, but the journey towards, you know, getting better every single day and getting better every single episode, that is what it's all about. I will say our most viewed episode, all the comments are just shitting on South for constantly yeah. interrupting us. And it's not 100% his fault. There was a ton of lag and like, yeah. You just couldn't tell we were talking, but that was something we weren't used to dealing with at the time. And personally, while this isn't something I could have done differently, uh, one of my favorite episodes was with this great guy, um, a chef who's worked at Asia's best restaurant. He's worked for Gordon Ramsay at his restaurant in London, and he had the most insane story. But the guy's like, uh, the guy didn't have a camera to record locally, Ooh. and he was traveling. So his audio is all choppy and we've got this great story, but it's so hard to listen to. And I really wish like, you know, if we could do that again, I would have made sure that we get like quality content out of him. Yeah. Cause that was such quality a beautiful content. episode. Yeah. There's always things that we could have done differently. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I think it's always cool to like talk to someone else um, who has this and who does this. Cause it's like, okay, what do you do different? Like, how are you doing this? You know, like any pros or tips or just anything like that. Um, it's just really cool, but I, I want to get to know you guys. I want everybody to get to know you guys personally. So I'll start yeah. with um, Salman. Um, how was it growing up for you? Um, right. Just to remind them, you guys, you grew up in Pakistan, right? Um, yeah. And then you came here for your later education. So how was it growing up and then the transition to America? Um, 
honestly, I, I was lucky. I grew up in a pretty nice school, pretty nice neighborhood, nice school, knew a lot of nice people. Yeah. Um, it was comfortable growing up, you know, life yeah. kind of just, you know, as a kid, you just yeah. go by it, you work hard, you get good grades, you hang out with your friends. Um, yeah. There were times growing up, I think around like 2008, 2010, there's a lot of like uh, political and also just like other types of instability going on. So we had like a lot of terrorist attacks going on. We were kind of like, like we've heard like bombs go off around us uh, growing up, Ooh. which what like time? now nowadays, like when I think back on it, it's like, oh yeah, that happened. It's not a big deal, but it definitely is something that kind of shapes your worldview. Like, for example, uh, one thing I noticed is that there are a lot of, at least now things have calmed down, but there were a lot of terrorist attacks going on not too long ago. And people were like, oh, my God, so many people have died. And I just think, oh, yeah, that used to happen every day when, I'm a, when I was a kid. Why is, why is this a big deal now? Yeah. Whoa. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we, we were pretty much safe. I think even though there was a chance we could have got hurt, we all just believed we'd be fine and we ended up all right. So I think we were yeah. lucky in that sense. And moving here was, honestly, it was a really smooth transition. Um, I mean, I moved here to start college. So I was 17. I was able to get a credit card not long after I moved here. You know, I, as a college student, everything's kind of set up for you. You've got dorms, you've got food courts. So you don't have to worry about living. You have to worry about taking care of yourself and feeding yourself at most you have to do laundry that's <laughs> that, that was something but like you know adulting it's, at its finest doing it's, your it's own just a, laundry. it's just standard adulting you know yeah. and like other than that everyone at college is just they're used to everyone else having to adjust so everyone's so welcoming mm-hmm. and so nice so honestly super smooth experience i wouldn't call out anything in particular say it was highly average and normal if nothing else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's it for you, Saad? I know you've had some time to think about the question. <laughs> you got to come full yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's especially for you because you haven't made that transition to America, right? You're you've stayed in Pakistan. So, like, how's that been of having your friend leave, you know, and still staying where you are, but also not. I mean, to mention you have your own business and stuff going on there. So, how's that been? Yeah. So. Uh, again, Sulmain and I more Sulmain and I more or less had the same upbringing. We had the same so- social circle. We had the same school. Um, what I would like to interject is that um, uh, I do remember a lot of bomb blasts going off. Like my friend used to live right behind this massive hotel, the Marriott. Um, where oh yeah. We used to live, uh, and that is one of the biggest bombings in uh, within our region to date. And my really? friend used wow. to live before. I don't know how many streets away, like like at least like four or five streets away. And the bomb blast was so vigorous, it shattered his entire house's windows. Like literally, the blast, the shock waves could be heard from for multiple kilometers away and felt. And I felt that one. I was it five just shattered his entire house's screens and all that. Yeah, yeah. And and you and I don't know if you felt it or not. Did you feel I it? I did I did feel it, dude. For yeah, five yeah. kilometers away. I felt it and I heard it. Yeah. For for context, for context, a bunch of a bunch of terrorists took an entire truck load of boards of TNT. They ran through the Marriott's gate and they just went to the core of the hotel and just set it off. And it was chaos. Wow. And wow. It was probably a political move. I don't really know the I don't really know the know the things around it, but yeah, but that, that is something that we've grown up around. Like I've like like around the embassies, there used to be bombproof walls that were like at least eighteen to eighteen to twenty four inches thick. Like literally bombproof walls that you could not see through. You had to go to multiple security checkpoints to go into any government associated building. Things got things were definitely that bad. Like like I also lived in the UK for around two or two and a half years, and it was mm-hmm. surreal to me that people were just walking around the parliament. As normal tourists and people were just walking around the parliament. They were they were in and around Buckingham Palace, and I was like, as a kid, I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Because yeah, that's what near the red zone. The red zone is where our parliament is. That's just it, that's just wild. I mean, and I I say because 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 I really I I really just want to focus on that for a second. Is that you guys would have been like what if the two thousand eight two thousand nine would have been ten nine or ten right? Yeah, maybe around even eleven that around that age. Yeah. So like this is like your early at your early adolescence. And again, 
when you're that age, your normal is whatever happens on consistently every day, right? Exactly. Like that's your normal. That is our normal. So it's how do you wake up every day? Is are you in a constant state of fear? Do you not know that you're fearful? Is it sort of just an no. expectation, you know? Not and then when you get somewhere it's, else, you're like, oh, okay, well, that was crazy. Sort of like how no. now we're looking back. It's no. it's more of the latter. It's like looking back, wow, that was crazy. But living then, like, oh, whatever. You know, I I guess my mom might not let me go to my friend's house later today, but that's that's all, you know? Yeah. Oh. For us. What I, what, I, what I think it did was that it, it instilled a sense of gratefulness and it really made us develop a thick skin from an early age and to really Definitely. like, you know, and, and, and since we grew up around these things and it was our normal and when we see other people just overreacting over small petty issues where we, we're like, holy shit, why is he overreacting over such a small issue when we've grown up around fucking bombs going yeah. off in the back street? So, so, when it comes to, so when it comes around that, to that, I feel like in the grand scheme of things, I believe I had it better because I have a thicker skin now. I, I can take a lot more heat. I can take a lot more negativity as compared to the other guy who has not gone through any of this. Well, well, I mean, I guess, again, I, for whatever it's worth, I commend you guys. I'm glad you guys made it out safe and we're all on the other end. Um, and you Thank guys you, are thriving. Excuse me. You guys are thriving and doing well. Um, and yet that has to shape you in a different way. Like you said, it instilled... Um, that thicker skin, that that humility, like, that gratefulness, like that's huge. we did grow up with a we did grow up with a couple of um, ground rules that were instilled in us. Like from a very young age, we were told not to go to crowded areas because that's where because that's where bomb blasts happen. Not know, to go I, where I don't know if you I don't know if this was to crowd into crowded areas like pl- oh, okay. places where people where a lot of people gather. gather? That was number okay. that was number one rule. Number one, do not go there. Rule number two was always have somebody around or like you know if you're traveling travel with some sort of some sort of safe escort you know have mm-hmm. some so these are these were all ground rules that were established from a very young age and i didn't think these were, these were normal for us this was like a very normal yeah. thing like someone what did your parents also tell you to like not go to crowded areas yeah yeah all that you know but yeah. it was just normal. Yeah, all these like, things, right yeah all, hmm. it never felt like a big deal i think the biggest deal for us was when I think at its peak, we had like a couple of months of school just canceled, you know? So like, I think it was seventh or sixth mm-hmm. grade. The first mm-hmm. half of sixth grade just basically didn't happen for us. Is it because that, it was that, dangerous time or? Yeah, it was a dangerous time. So like our schools just completely shut down for, I think at least it felt like three, four months, but realistically as a kid, it was probably closer to two months or even mm-hmm. a month and a half. But yeah, that, that was just like, like the longest summer break of my life where I, I was supposed to like study at home, but I basically didn't do jack shit for like four or five months. <laughs> so you've already experienced the pandemic before then. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> to a lesser degree. I mean, in a way still... for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to, I, I, I definitely want to pivot a little bit. Um, Cause you guys told me like how that, you know, instilled a lot of stuff in you, but when you turn to ask yourself, like, who are you now, right? Um, not so much just what do you do now, but as a person, like, that's how you grew up in your adolescence. You still live there through high school. Coming into yeah. adulthood, who are you now, right? Like, who's that core being of whether it's ambition, whether it's pride, like, who are you now? Saad, do you want to start? That's a loaded ass question, bro. Um, but, <laughs> but we're gonna go. But, but we're gonna take it. But we're gonna take it step by step. All right. Absolutely. So who am I now? Who was I back then? Like, let's give you context before, like mm-hmm. high school, or, or even before that. I was a very immature yet um, yet confident kid who used to always push the boundaries of social norms. And I and I would always like to you know see what I could get away with and see what I couldn't get away. He was an asshole. And that always... <laughs> That's a great way of saying it, huh? I, was. I, was. <laughs> I pushed the social norms. <laughs> You're an asshole. I was. I was. <laughs> I, 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 made, I made this... Like, like I, I remember for a good part of our high school life, my and I were not friends because I used to always fuck with him or like or vice versa. Like, like we always had so some annoying. sort of beef going on. But I'm glad we're... I'm glad we're past that. You guys had some yeah. beef? You yeah, got some... So had some that tell me a quick like, story about the high school beef. We had a lot of... We had a lot of beef, man. Like, someone, you want to you lead the stories, bro? 
Let, let's Dude, go. let me think. Give me a story. Let's, let's, let's not get into too much detail, but... Um, so well, it definitely. gets real, dog. <laughs> it, it does get real. real. <laughs> well, we'll share some of the juicy stuff behind the okay. scenes. But other than that, I mean, it yeah. was just solid as immature. I was this very normal, down-to-earth guy. I just hang out with my friends. I, I was the type of kid who, like, I loved hanging out with people, but I was never, like, clicky. I never had, like, beef with anyone else, except, I guess, Saad. Yeah. So it was very, like, mm-hmm. we were just polar opposites, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we still are polar opposites. Like, I'm the type... Oh, for sure. ...the guy who'd rather have a group of people love me and a group of people hate my guts. I love that polarizing, polarizing effect that I want myself to have because that way I get to separate the real people from the fake people. I'd rather be the guy who has five real friends instead of 50 okay acquaintances. That's, that's, just, that's just the way I want to live my life and that's just a personal choice. And, that, is, and, and, that, and that, that was the core of me being in high school and that is still the core message today. But obviously I'm a lot more refined now with my approaches. I am definitely a lot more wiser in terms of the things I know. I am a lot more well-read and I'm a lot more well-educated now. I have a lot more skin in the game in terms of hard work. I, I work a lot harder now than I used to before. So there are a lot of things that come with age, buddy. I'm proud of who I am now. And how old are you again? I am 21. Oh, you're a puppy, Same. man. <laughs> you're a puppy. Yeah. We were, really? Fun fact, we were born on the same day. Wow. Same month? Same month. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like literally same day. Oh, same day, same day. Wow. You know, I was born on the 6th of Jan. He was born on February. No, it was, we're both born on the 6th same, of Jan. Literally same day. Oh, yeah. You guys uh-huh. are Capricorns, huh, guy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I like how you know your star sign. What are you? Yeah. Susie, I'm an Aquarius. So I was born on January 28th. Oh, just just missed yeah. that, that. Okay, Capricorn okay, so train. you just, just missed the Capricorn bit. board. Thank God, just though. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Uh-huh. I'm still Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I kind of wanna I wanna talk about like your 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 business, um, Saad, uh, real quick, and then I wanna just tag along with that uh salman's um education experience so sure let's go so right now i i so right now i am in the business i am in the business of design so what i do is that i help clients and companies and customers find their brand identity as well as as well as also you know make really cool visuals for them whether it be for their business whether it be for somebody they like whether it be for somebody you know they want to get a gift for i cover all those bits and I'm planning to expand it into a massive firm with multiple employees. That is a big goal. I also want to have. I also want to delve into the automotive field. So I've also I've started doing that by creating custom wrap designs for luxury cars and vehicles. And so what we do is that we just get in touch with the client. We give them a premium, bespoke uh, experience uh, because we do truly believe that design is not only the and product it is the journey from point A to point B. And it is the journey of where we guide the client and where we educate them from the different aspects of design. We teach them a few things and then we tell them why this thing works, why this thing doesn't work. And then we get to the end product. That is the goal. And that is, and that is why we, that is why, that, that is basically like the thing that we want to, you know, keep constant within all our, all our. That's a beautiful elevator pitch. Um, approaches. That's exactly uh, <laughs> funny. Um, how is it? Just I just want to can I want to continue on that for a second. How is the? Um, I want to I want to put this the right way. How's the Pakistani uh, business landscape? Because um, I just know again from an American perspective, an American yeah. business student, um, it's really not one of the ones that we look to study a lot or mm-hmm. that we believe have the best business practices all the time. So can you like shed a little light or dispel yeah. some of those, you know, yeah. wrong for things? Sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Pakistan is a, is, a very, is a very different type of country. Like in America, I believe that if you have a startup, it's a lot easier to get funding. It's a lot easier over there to get customers right off the bat. It's a lot easier to build trust with clients because number one, there's a lot more money in the system. Let's be honest here. Pakistan and America, two very different opposites, different countries with two very different economic realities. In Pakistan, majority of the country does not even have housing, does not even have uh, you know basic basic needs. Whereas you guys have have more than what our what our people can get. So therefore, 
securing funding and all that. In America, I believe it's much, much easier to start a business. However, in Pakistan, if you have an if you have enough money, seed capital, and if you're in the right, and if you know the right people and if you have the right connections, you can make a lot of money here. Um, I will say, uh, to add to that, like I really want to focus on you got to know the right people. If you know the right people, you your business will launch, no problem. If you don't, it no could be problem. a great idea and people will bring you down. It is, it's unhealthy it for is. sure. But that's, it's a that's mafia. the landscape we've grown in, we've grown up it's with. It's a mafia. It's a mafia in this country. It's a lot harder to break through the, break through the societal, you know, chains. If you, if you, you know, like, and yeah, if you, if you know the right people, you're definitely, you're definitely head in this country, especially in this country. For sure. Oh, would you say that it's my last question for you? I'm on this, on the subject. Do you feel as though like you're poised to sort of make that jump or that next leap um, to get your company where, where you want it? What do you mean? Right. So basically, like, do you think you know the right people? Do you think you have the right products? Do you think you are doing the right things to put yourself in that position to capitalize on when the opportunity I'll comes? I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Since I sell digital products, since my products are not physical or tangible, I sell all over the planet. And I right now, as of right now, I prefer not to sell in, the, in Pakistan because my products are definitely on the higher end of the spectrum when it comes to pricing. And in Pakistan, generally, people don't really value design to that extent at the moment. However, I do feel the landscape is changing over time and people will be, and com- people and companies will be investing into design and, and how it impacts their image and all that very, very soon. But until that happens, I am selling all over the planet and I'm happy doing that. Ooh, that boy's a fast talker. <laughs> Salman, let's let's, right. let's switch let's switch a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing, being a fast talker. <laughs> it's, 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 did people get that? You've got to go you. like, got You've got the gift of the gab. Um, absolutely, that is a compliment. Um, Salman, though, how has your education experience been here? Um, well, I mean, everything. Take about it. Take, you know, because I'm, I'm constantly making this contrast between Pakistan and America because it's something that I'm ignorant to in terms of, you know, being there and experiencing it. Um, And and you guys know, so like how has the education experience has been? And then again, your transition to your degree and how's that been going? For sure. Um, I think one thing people don't realize is that schooling is a lot, I'd say easier in the U S. Well, I guess I should say it's easier in the U S I'm going to say it's a lot (laughs) harder back home. Uh, I have put very little effort into my classes for the past four years and I've got a great above average GPA that I'm very happy with. What's your GPA? It's, it's a three point, it's about a 3.5, which at Purdue, which is one of the hardest schools in the States is a great GPA. So I'm super happy with that. Flex on them, dog. Mine was was, (laughs) 2.67. Hey, 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 Sot, C's get degrees, baby. (laughs) Yep. That's what that's what it is. That's what they say in America. C's get degrees. Yeah. But yeah, in terms mm-hmm. of school, um, it was it was a smooth transition. Life's been easy. I think the coolest thing here is that I've been able to be so involved with just the community. Like Purdue's in the middle of goddamn nowhere, so there's very little to do outside of campus. Mm-hmm. But on campus, you've got all these clubs and organizations. Like I've helped, like program and host events that have had hundreds even thousands of people by being on our student union board i was a part of engineers that borders where we helped design a biogas digester that we went and built in uganda so i've been a part of so many different experiences and that's something i'm super grateful for Mm -hmm. and like as a mechanical engineer that's helped me or someone who was studying mechanical engineering that helped me like grow all these skills where it was project management, product design. And um, so what you guys don't know is that my minor is in entrepreneurship because at the end of the day, engineering's great, but really it's, it's I want to be able to- got a to, minor in entrepreneurship? Well, why the fuck don't I know this? Yeah, I was like, I feel like <laughs> I've never told this one to Saad, but there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The idea is okay. when I see a business opportunity to make something, to build something, to market something, I want to have all the skills to do it. And that's what I focused on. I'm really happy with it where I've reached over there. And yeah. honestly, a couple of years down the line, I think that might be the move. It's to start your own company. Yeah. Yeah. To, to oh, look yeah. for, 
always looking for opportunities. And when the right one presents itself, I should be in a place to, to jump on it, you know? Yeah, financially, mentally, everywhere. Mm, how do you, I have, I have a question. This is go for either of you. Because I see a lot of people who either they're on both ends of the spectrum, right? Either they say F school, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I really don't need this, you know, and they go all the way in this direction. They may have some money saved, but they go all the way in this direction. And then there's, and then there's the people on the other side of the spectrum where they play it super safe. Right. And they say school job, you know, 401k, just stay there. My thing is like, how do you combine the security of one side with the pleasure and the joy and you know the more so the passion of the other side you know mm-hmm. it's like can one blessing befit the other like how do you guys view that it's, it's a trade-off okay i'll Word. start because i've got so many words yeah. i think sod's definitely got, the passion side of things you know yeah. he'll be like okay f school you know he, he he's studying but really he knows he's doing his own thing and he's going to make it that way and on the other hand yeah. I'm, I'm all about just i like having a stable job I would love to, if I cared enough about something, I'd start my own project. But at the end of the day, entrepreneurship, having your own company is a lot of work. It's what my parents do. And I know how hard they work. And given the option to have a stable job where I live a very comfortable life and having my own company, I'd take the stable job unless it was something where it was like, this is a great idea. This is the future. I want to be a part of it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I definitely agree with Salman that entrepreneurship and all those and all the things that come with it are not for everybody. I feel like number one, the first thing that a person needs to do is have self-awareness. What type of person are there? The number number eleven guy or the or the number fucking fifty guy at Facebook is making a lot more money than me right now. So and 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 they're and they're much more much much happier than most people who want to be like you know mm-hmm. the owners of their own life, you know, and have their own business. So you really need to see that what, number one, what thing will make you the happiest if, if like for Salman, if having a stable job and having a comfortable income is what makes him happy, go ahead, dude. More power to you, go with it. But that is personally not something that I want to do because I have crazy ass dreams. And in order for that to come to fruition, I have to work my tail off. There's no way. There's but no here's my question. It's like, could you... And what, and what I mean, like meet in the middle and sort of find that equilibrium between the two of, could you not take, you know, say you work in a job that's stable for five years. And well, in that five years, you're developing your plan, you're starting your business and you're taking some of that money, you're saving that and funneling it into your project. And you're doing that, that until that project takes off. I only said that five is- years just for a number, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is that that not is, realistic. Yeah, that's a really good way to do it. That is a very, that is a really good way to do it. And a, lot, and a lot of people actually do do it. They work at a company for what, 10, 15 years first. They save enough money to have enough seed capital. And then they start their own business or they start their own business on the side. And then they work with extra hours. But then again, but then again, Jay, it all comes down to having, it all comes down to what circumstance you're in. For example, if you have the money to start right now and, you, and you're just fresh out of college, I suggest you go out and, and try something crazy instead of going for a safe job immediately. Go out, get get with a roommate or, or get with three friends. Start this passion project for the next, like, and, just, and just see where it goes the next three years. Worst case, you're out of college, you apply, to, you apply for jobs three, four years later if you fail. So, but then again, but then again, if you're already in a job and you have responsibilities, then do it the way that you just explained. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Um, well, let's um, let's pivot for a second. Um, I really want to talk about this. We sort of talked about this off camera a little bit. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you guys think the U, that U.S. politics affects uh, Pakistan specifically, if not the world in general? Um, I'd say it's definitely most of the world is very reactionary to politics, especially between like the U.S. and China. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something that for the most part is like really complex and hard to talk about especially since neither of us have that background but it definitely makes a difference you see policies make a difference personally when I joined it was right before uh, Trump was elected so mm-hmm. I remember going to my first career fair as an international student and there were 30, 40, like 50 companies I could talk to right there that were willing to give international students like internships and jobs 
And I mean, I was a freshman, so freshmen don't usually get much out of those, but it was good to go there and network. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a year later, that number dropped. And I think my final year at like the career fair, I remember seeing about 11 companies I could talk to, half of which really weren't weren't worth talking to. So you could definitely see that it's, it's harder to build that that career make those connections and to get that that push now than it was even just four years ago and you're attesting that to the president or what exactly Uh, not not just the well i'd say trump's election was kind of it signified a shift in policy for sure Mm -hmm. um it showed a shift in attitude for a lot of people and it was there was a lot of uncertainty i know a lot of people who you know u.s citizens but of international heritage they didn't feel comfortable traveling back home to meet their family even like around the time of the election and i think regardless of what actual policies have been companies don't feel as comfortable anymore uh taking that risk you know to give someone else who's uh who might not be here a couple of years from now experience you know you don't want to hire and trade someone only to have yeah. like policies and, change yeah. and to leave like a week later mm-hmm. you know that'd be terrible waste of time and money so it's it's definitely a challenge that's very there very big for all of us yeah exactly one of the privileges one of the privileges that come that come with being a u.s citizen is having a very very strong passport and having a lot of opportunities and having a lot of choice salmai and i both have pakistani passports it's one of the Mm -hmm. weakest passports on the planet To, to, to travel anywhere we need to we need to get a visa and and applying for a visa is a pain in the ass they check our backgrounds, they check what, what our family does, how much money we have, they check why we're going to a certain place, and, and they do an in-depth background check on the individual applying for a visa, which takes around two to four, months, two to four weeks to you know, get processed and then you know, get a response back. Number one, that's very time-consuming. Number two, that leads to, that leads to a lot of status-based um, profiling. I am in a very privileged position, even with my passport, because I come from a very well-off family, and I have never had a problem getting a visa because we have a few of those connections within those areas, within the, within the places we want to go to. However, the general population of Pakistan, every time they apply for a U.S. visa, they're going to get rejected 90% of the time. There's no way in hell they're ever even making it to the border, ever, ever making it to the you know, U.S. ever, mm-hmm. Canada, Europe, whatever it be. So that's just the reality of things. That's something that you never, ever have to face, Jay, because you have a U.S. passport. You can practically go to almost any, any country on the planet without any questions asked because you are a U.S. citizen. All you have to do is buy a ticket, whether it be a last-minute journey, and you, you can just travel there. So, so then my next question would be, would be why? Could you sort of give me and if not educate the listeners as to why our passport is so strong opposed to yours? Yeah, well, definitely. I think it- it ties into the fact that, you know, security-wise, our country was in a really bad place 10 years ago. And that that does have implications on how comfortable other countries are with letting your citizens into their country. Definitely. So, yeah, it, it pretty much, I'd say a lot of it just boils down to that. Especially after 9-11. Especially after 9-11. Oh, after, sure. a, after 9-11, after the Middle East slash Pakistan and all these other countries, Afghanistan and all that. And the war on Taliban, and especially after fucking the war on Taliban, we were branded as a country that cannot be that cannot enter U.S. safely. And then, you know, generally, all around world politics and all that is all banned around you and everything. So, at the end of the day, bro, when one major faction does not favor your people, a lot of the people who are under that faction will also go towards that side, and you know they will they will try and prevent you guys to like you know. So sad, and it's complicated across any borders and all that. No, absolutely. I'm yeah, absolutely. Um, I just really want you guys to give the listeners a lot of context. Um, Nell's phenomenal. Um, for sad, and you speak about America and having opportunity, um, and more money in the system. So at yeah. at at a certain point, especially you know as you're growing your business, is there a point where you'd want to come to America and settle here, or are you fixed on staying where Definitely. you are? Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jay. I want to expand my company in the in the way that um, I don't want to just be like you know reliant on one place or or one country or all that. I want to have multiple different offices. Let's say one in London, one in New York, one in LA, one in Brussels, one in Pakistan, Islamabad over here. I want to have like a multinational, you know, 
based where I where I am not bound to any country. However, I do plan on getting a, a, another country citizenship or or something like that uh, fairly soon. Um, no idea which country is going to be yet, but. Well, we'd love to have you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully soon, buddy. Hopefully soon. We'll see how the policies are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Um, yeah, a lot. I mean, that's a lot of complex stuff. And I think I feel like it's a lot of stuff that people don't take into consideration. Um, Because like like you were saying, like when we travel, like I've never even second guessed. You know what I mean? Traveling. It's like, okay, yeah, I want to go there. Let's go. You know, exactly. and the fact that you're saying it's three, four more steps or two, four more weeks. Oh, like that sure. sounds crazy. Like just yeah. even because, uh, because a lot of the culture. I have to pay anywhere, anywhere between a hundred to $200 more than you just to apply for a visa. And that too is not even guaranteed oh. that I'm going to get my visa. So oh. I pay a yeah. hundred to 200 more bucks but to get a visa. To, to talk about the other side of things. Um, I know, I know it's like, for travel purposes, for being able to speak to clients, to move around, you want to have something more flexible than our passport. But the thing I love about the country and the fact about Pakistan, the fact that it's developing is that when you have an idea and when you have even the slightest bit of capital, you have a very open road to success ahead of you. You do. You do. You know, like there's much less competition you are able to pioneer the industries you want to be involved in. And personally, I could see myself wow. moving back and being a part yeah. of something big because there's Definitely. so much opportunity that people haven't jumped on yet back home. And that's something that's always really exciting. And I think exactly. that applies to a lot of developing countries. It comes back to the thing out of every crisis an opportunity is born in Pug. Sun is always in crisis. That means it's a shit ton of opportunity over here to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and Salman is perfectly all right with that. And, and that is, that's great. That'd be good. I think that'd be a huge uh, sort of, not so much of a comeback story, but like a return home, you know, to return home and uh, yeah. have your own business to build your own um, community and, and, and thoughts and just, you know, everything that comes along yeah. with building a company. Um, that would be phenomenal, man. Yeah, man. Um, all right. So before I let you guys go, um, of course, this question is for both of you guys. Um, well, actually two questions. Um, the fir- right. I'll, t- I'll tell you guys the first one first, and then I'm going to ask the last. Um, tell me something that no one knows about you guys. Ooh, that's a hard one. Take that a minute. That's a hard one. That's a really not hard too one. long. But what about you, Jay? What about you, Jay? What do the people not know about you? Not about me. Um, I love country music. I feel like that's one that um people ask me that question. It's like, wait, what? Or huh? I'm like, but no, I think okay. um from spending a lot of my adolescence in like Florida in the deep South. It's like, it was what's on the radio. So you kind of like fall into it and you're like, Oh no, this music's great. Like, you know, Johnny Cash is really cool. Um, just like a lot. I mean, that sort of represents me. Just like a lot of different influences, um, mixed in. Yeah. Um, and it produces. So, yeah, I mean, that's very light, but you know, yeah. 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 That's good not, what do people not know about me? Would be like, well, I, I wouldn't know. Like, 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 <laughs> we wouldn't know we don't know. Yeah. No, no, okay, fine. Some that you know, but very few people know. Oh, dear, I'll pay attention to the things you tell me, honestly. Same here, brothers. Same here. I'm but I could, I could jump on this. This is something that, I mean, a lot of my friends know, and I say pretty often, but I feel like people don't, like, register it. I really like cold weather, and I hate the sun, and I hate hot weather. Like I'm in, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Chicago. It's going to get really goddamn cold and everyone's just complaining about it. And I'm so excited. Like I'm just going to throw on another layer. I'm still going to be running when it's below freezing outside, you know, like I'm excited for that. It's going to be super fun. Uh, I I will walk to work instead of take the train just because I really like the weather. Is it, is it because you grew up in such a hot place? Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah, actually, that that definitely (laughs) adds to it. Like, I hated Mm -hmm. the heat growing up. I got sunburned super easy, so that's always been pain in the ass to deal with. And the cold is just like, I can do whatever I want without worrying about, like, sweating through my clothes or, like, waking up, like, with skin burnt to the core. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Saad, you're next. Saad, yeah. Jay, I'm not going to give you a vanilla-ass answer, Salman and... Okay. Talk about the fucking weather. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something real. I'm gonna give you something real. Um, I don't think, I don't think many people know this, but yeah. guns terrify me. Really? Like Why? I know I, I might need a gun sometime in the future, 
but like generally guns terrify me like i'm just fucking afraid if i have a gun i might shoot someone in the head accidentally even if i even if the gun's pointed down on the ground like it, it just is what it is and and i'm and i'm a big and i'm a, and i'm just a guy who wants to stay away from guns as far as possible until i until i until i can't anymore obviously do you guys have any like ranges out there or anything like we don't have ranges yeah, we, we don't no, have, we do I don't know any country club. Oh, well, gun and country club. Yeah, yeah. There's one gun, gun, and then there's multiple private ranges like the army ones. Many. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of gun ranges. I'm just yeah. I I mean, I only ask just to sort of sort of you know maybe that's something a fear to get over. You know, something you can challenge yourself to. Like by the end of my life. No, I have shot guns. I have I have shot guns before. I have shot guns before. Oh, okay. That's not an issue. It's just that I from what I've experience is that i really believe in, in energies and you attract what you own so i i genuinely fucking believe that if you own a gun you go you're just attracting that energy because a lot of people that i know who who own guns and had and have had burglaries and i've had people like you know try to rob them they've all died a lot of them have all died in fucking crossfire so shit like that uh, scares, scares the shit out of me like like i've had a lot of family members they've had shotguns they've had like ars in their closets uh, robbers come through the door um and uh literally they just run back grab the shotgun they they kill a few robbers but they also you know get yeah heads and brains blown out in the process it's just a messy situation to begin to be in and i'd i'd rather i'd rather be be like you know i'd rather avoid that altogether yeah that was a Honestly. whole different subject to unpack um but i'm going to leave that one yeah. there um <laughs> um here's the again here's the last question um tell me a story um that sort of represents you right so we 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 can sort of have or see your character in this story oh come on you want um okay i mean i'm 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 going to go with one that's fairly recent and i think it's mm-hmm. a pretty cool story um i've got an aunt who's an artist so she likes to paint does a lot of interesting stuff and just last year i helped i helped her set up her own brand of um of products where i basically helped her so the idea is definitely 100% hers what she does what she did was she took a really nice watercolor painting she was able to copy it onto fancy cardstock and make a basically a birthday card out of it and oh, i wow. saw it and i was like this is it was a birthday card for me super nice and i thought this was this is really nice why aren't you sell this so over the course of like december i helped her set up basically we picked out like two nice designs we found a printer to work with we got like we chose you know materials quantities mm-hmm. pricing everything the actual design brand names came up with a logo we put that all together and now we have this really nice uh this really nice brand that sells basically greeting cards that are they're prints of fancy pieces of art that the artist has drawn and the artist has hand signed each and every card yeah, that's and these great. cards sell for like you know they sell way above what one would normally pay for a greeting card but they're yeah. all sold out right now last i heard wow. so it, 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 it was super it cool to that's yeah yeah so at jumps they, they've all sold mm-hmm. out and it was super cool to one be able to build something and take it to market and two be yeah. able to help someone especially a family member achieve mm-hmm. like a goal and a dream in that way. So, so I think that's something that that's something by which so I cool. define myself and that I really want to keep doing things like that. Yeah, this po- Look at you, podcast, you helpful bro. motherfucker. Our, our, our podcast, bro, our fucking podcast, dude. <laughs> dude, time goes, uh, I hope you put in that much effort as well, bro. Yeah, uh, sure. dude, I, I really... Uh, one, I, I I'd like to preface this by saying that I really believe that I'm a very resilient guy who just gets back up, no matter gets back up, no matter no matter how hard life knocks me down or how hard you know I be pushed to the ground. And I am just so proud of that because I just don't fucking give up. Like I have a lot of stories like where generally like uh, again I'm gonna go back to high school. I used to be very immature, very unrefined, very raw in whatever I used to do. And what that led to do, what that led was that um i used to just generally talk to a lot of girls i used to make them really laugh and everything but i was but i and i used to ask a lot of them out but i would i would not get you know get that many yeses and i would just be rejected every every single time i used to get rejected all the time like obviously mm-hmm. and but what happened through that was that 
each rejection fueled me to like, you know, do better. I was like, okay, fine. Why the fuck did that at work? Let me try again with another, with another person, with another person, with another person. And I remember after like 11 rejects, I, I got like one yes. And I was like, holy fuck, this is crazy. <laughs> There's been progress being made. So I'm just, I'm just so happy that, um, that I'm just able to, you know, continuously push through and, you know, through no's, through rejection and just like, you know, keep my head down, keep my vision focused and just get shit. Whether it's girls or business, that's, he's that's fucking exactly. resilient. Yes, buddy. Exactly. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I, think those, I think those two stories are very telling about both of you. Um, I think this whole podcast yeah. has been, um, whether it's the name of two time zones or, you know, just you two um, being born on the same day, but polar opposites. I think that's just a test of how opposites attract. Yeah. Um, and fuck we're friends. I don't know how the and, fuck we're and it's I amazing. It's amazing to watch, though. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. amazing to see. Um, but I'm gonna close this thing out by saying, um, thank you so much, guys. Um, do you have any closing words before I actually close it out? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Thanks for having I want, us. I I, I want to I want to ask you, Jay. Um, when you first talked to us on our show, when you when you first talked to us, did you did you immediately realize that we were completely different people, like me and Salman? Or like or like or like did it take a while for you to like you know realize that these two are like very Oh very no, absolutely. I think right off the bat. Um I think a lot of it has to do like okay. you said, like like uh, energy and but more so demeanor. Um because guys both are very positive. But just more so the demeanors are very, very different. So Okay, I see. All right, all right that's very, very cool. Yeah, I'm just going to say this was super fun. I like how we've both been on both ends of this now. You know, you've been on our podcast, we've been on yours, mm -hmm. and it's been awesome both times. So thanks so much, man. Hell yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, that's a wrap for episode number 12. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you, Saad and Salman. We'll be posting this um, probably within the week. Uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. God bless as always, guys. All right. Mm -hmm.